Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Puto Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by business editor Greg Jefferson. Investigative reporter Brian Chasnov. And uh, we're recording this on Monday, March 28th, the day after Will Smith uh, slapped comedian Chris Rock at uh, at the 2022 Oscars. And I can uh, promise you that we're not going to be talking about that on this podcast. I think there's probably enough discussion out there about that. Um, and we've got really important stuff to talk about because we're about a month and a half away from uh, the runoff election which will play a big role in deciding uh, who the next Bear County judge will be. Uh, we've got a Democratic runoff between former District Court Judge Peter Sakai and State Representative Ian Minhadis. A while back, we had uh, Representative Minhadis on the podcast, and we're really glad to have Judge Sakai on. He is, as I said, a former District Court judge. He oversaw the children's courts and and played a big role in in family and and children's issues in Bear County. Um, judge Sakai, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. Well, it's been nearly four weeks since we had the the first round of the primary. And uh, a lot of us were looking at it and thinking you've got three strong candidates there. It seemed like kind of a toss up. But you emerged from that primary um, with a strong plurality of the vote, nearly 41% of the vote and, and 10 percentage points ahead of Ina Mihadas, who you're going to face in the runoff. What was your your reaction? What was your big takeaway from uh, from the primary? Just what you said. Uh, we uh, came away with the fact that we accomplished everything we had to do in our campaign. It was a grassroots campaign to reach out to our all parts of the community. Uh, I was proud to win all four precincts uh, by plurality votes. As you said, we got nearly eleven points over our nearest opponent. And we got nearly over 9,000 votes in totality. So now in a runoff, it's a matter of getting our votes back out. It's making sure our voters are well aware of the importance of this race. So I want to thank the Santa Express News by allowing me to come on this morning. When when you talk to to voters uh, and when you've been talking to voters over the past few months uh, in Bear County, what are the biggest concerns that you're hearing from them? Basically, the voters are really concerned about the openness and transparency of the commissioner's court. They want to make sure that all parts of this community are included. Uh, I've had to make sure that, when, especially when I'm in the communities of color, uh, whether it's the east side, south side, west side, uh, they want to be heard. They want to be given dignity and respect. And at times, uh, I've heard that they feel that they have not been given that, and I've made a pledge and commitment that I'm going to include everybody at the table. Uh, I got the sole endorsement at the AFL-CIO Council, and I have promised that the unions will always be at the table, especially on any type of big ticket issues as we deal with the big problems of the county. You know, as, as a district court judge, you, you, you put a lot of focus on the, the 
problems and the challenges that we've got with our foster care system. Um, as, as county judge, what, what steps would you like to, to take to try to I- improve that system? Well, you know, I'll, I want to help the voters understand that as 26 years as a district court judge, you know, I was a local administrative judge of the district courts. I was administrative judge of children's court. I was in charge of a multi-million dollar budget, uh, working with commissioner's court, uh, creating innovative programs, especially restorative justice programs in our courts. Basically, I, I had to deal and represent the whole judiciary, the third branch of government. And there were times that I had to basically battle with commissioners to make sure that the judiciary was given dignity and respect. And so uh, as I take the helm of being county judge, I want to make sure that I keep the county being child-centric and family-focused, which means making sure that, you know, my platform is basically set on its economic development, its infrastructure, its education, but not as silos of bureaucracy, but that we always maintain that children and families are the whole essence of whatever decisions we have to make. And so I want to make sure that that all parts of this community are included. I want to be open and transparent. I want to break down these silos of bureaucracy, and I want to make sure that we get the experts and the people who need to be in the room. That's what. That's how I created my restorative justice programs. And if allowed to, I'd like to explain uh, what successes we've had with that. And that's the solutions we're going to bring to county government. Judge Sakai, if you prevail in the runoff, you will be facing uh, former Commissioner Trish DeBerry mm-hmm. in the general election. And I'm curious just what your thoughts are on, on what, it, what would be at stake in that sort of matchup uh, between... Democrat, Republican between you and Trish? Well, I think that's one of the arguments I'm making today, that I will be the strongest candidate to take on uh, the former commissioner. Uh, She obviously started out as commissioner and she basically quit to run for county judge. Uh, That was her decision. And uh, the basically the Democratic Party is going to have to really come together And that has always been a challenge in the Democratic Party. But I am confident that I'm the unifier. I'm the person that's going to bring everybody together and make sure that Bear County stays as a a Democratic county. It's basically a blue county, as we've seen in the past election cycles. But in today's world, everything's kind of turned upside down. And I believe I'm the best candidate to take on Commissioner DeBerry, former Commissioner DeBerry. We were we were talking about uh, you know family issues. I mean, a related issue w- w- to the the issue of, of foster care and and, and children's issues uh, is domestic violence. And in 2019, uh, you helped to create the uh, Collaborative Commission on Domestic Violence. And I want to get your thoughts on you know what we've learned over the past three years in Bear County from the work of this commission, and uh, and how you would want to apply that um, to your work as county judge if elected. Well, that's an example of city-county government coming together. Uh, Before, it was pretty much siloed. The city did what they had to do. The county did what they had to do, not recognizing that both entities have to come together. The city is basically working on the Collaborative Commission, working through its Metro Health Department, which, as we know, domestic violence really is a public health issue. And, and the violence that, that comes and the destruction and trauma 
needs to be dealt with as a public health. So they have invested into public health. They have invested into being proactive. They've got some parenting, triple P parenting programs that they've created. They've, uh, on the West side, the Promotheta program to help families uh, that are in need. On the county side is basically dealing with what the county is responsible, and that's the court system and the jail. And we are trying to make sure, especially through the district attorney's office, through the sheriff, uh, and through the nonprofits, that we are providing services to those families, especially those civil protective orders. We have found that there are weaknesses and flaws in our system. And so I understand perhaps the uh, immediacy of, you know, we're, have things really resolved itself. This is a long-term issue that this county and this city must come together and deal with on a long-term basis. And I believe that by starting the Cloud Commission, we have now had a total commitment by the city, the county. Everybody's all in. Uh, the district attorney's office is all in. The sheriff's all in. The San Antonio Police Department's all in. They've made some changes at the San Antonio Police Department to bring in social workers to assist those victims that are needed. And so uh, the, the, the work has just begun. Uh, and I really believe that we're going to have a long-term commitment in order to change action and, and, and behavior, we're gonna to have to change attitudes and beliefs. And that is a long-term project. And I'm proud of the Collaborative Commission on Domestic Violence. It's been basically taken over by the co-chairs that I designated, Judge Monique Diaz from the county and uh, Deputy City Manager Maria Villa Gomez. Uh, and they have basically brought all the stakeholders together and uh, they've put reports out and there are basically initiatives that that commission is trying to implement as we speak. Now, Judge Sukai, you'd mentioned uh, kind of a what you see as a lack of transparency at Commissioner's Court. And if, I, if I'm overstating that, let me know. But give me an example of what you're talking about. Well, basically, uh, you know, the, the, the county is obviously, you know, uh, the county judge is the sort of chief executive officer along with the four county commissioners. And so basically it runs along with the county manager government. But basically what it boils down to is I'm just relating what the community uh, basically has told me is that sometimes the community is not part of that conversation. And so what we need to do is just make sure that all parts of the community are included in the process. And that just means making sure that there uh, we have meetings with one of the biggest things I would say, having been worked in county government as local administrative judge, is the budget, budget process. I will tell you that even as representing, representing the judiciary as local administrative judge, that budget process was not transparent to us. We literally had to kind of find out things as we went along, and we basically had to defend the judiciary uh, after the fact. And, uh, you know, and that partly was a culture that has probably been there for a long, long time. Uh, I'm not so much critical of, you know, individuals. I just think that's the way things have been. I think the city is apparently a bit, is a bit more transparent. And I just want to make sure that when we have budget hearings, can we have budget hearings put out into the county commissioner precincts? And can we have the public invited to those budget meetings? And can they participate? And can they give their two cents of where they want their taxpayer dollars to go? That's an example of openness and transparency. 
Right. So, so less of a black box when it comes to the budget, <laughs> yeah. which is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a mystery how the county comes up with its uh, budget sometimes. As you, as you talk to voters, uh, do you get a sense of that they know, generally speaking, what a county judge does? Uh, I have to explain that, you know, the count, the county judge is the, the CEO, so to speak, but he's not the, he's not the sole executive. The all five commissioners base, I mean, all four commissioners and the county judge make up and basically uh, a majority vote has to be achieved in order for any action item to move forward. So, but I, what I really emphasize, and I think this is what's so important about this election and reason why this position is so important, the county judge can serve as a bully pulpit, pulpit and basically uh, uh, make sure that the county government is going in, in, a, in a good direction. And I think, you know, to that, to that degree, Judge Wolf has provided steady leadership. And because of my long-term experience, 26 years as a district court judge, I think the value set that I have established, the leadership skills that I've established, uh, the ability to come up with solutions and innovative programs based on restorative justice, I'm, I believe I'm the strongest candidate, uh, as I stated earlier, to win this election in the fall. So if it's if the job is is in part, you know, kind of having a bully pulpit, what are your priorities going to be? What are you going to be talking about at that bully pulpit? Well, uh, my platform has been economic development, infrastructure, and education, but not as silos of bureaucracy, but to wrap uh, initiatives. And one of the biggest issues that I am advocating is the fact that we ha- we have a problem with the digital divide. We have a lack of broadband Wi-Fi in our community. We saw that COVID-19, a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic, basically created havoc in our educational system. The numbers show that about 15% of the students in our public schools have basically become lost. Now, whether they've dropped out or they've just been transient or whatever, or they had to go to work to support their own families, we're trying to assess that. But we now have a generation of students that we've got to get back in. And one of the issues was the fact that they were not connected with their Wi-Fi. We saw that even with the voting rights situation with the mail-in We had seniors that are not connected because of the lack of broadband Wi-Fi and their lack of inability to deal with the, the new technology. And so what we need to do is that that really, to me, is an infrastructure. It is also part and parcel of economic development. It's part and parcel of education. It's also an infrastructure issue. That broadband Wi-Fi is a big ticket item. It's not going to be borne solely by the county, nor the city, or the state, or the federal government. We're going to have to all come together in order to create a truly open community with that broadband Wi-Fi. And that is something I'm committed to. But I will give credit to Bear County with the bibliotheque and that we have the infrastructure there to enhance that bibliotheque. And perhaps that's not going to be such a big ticket item uh, that is going to be necessary. So that's an example of what I want to bring is to bring ideas to the table. Let's bring the experts Let's make sure that the uh, people who are the nonprofits that are involved in this, let's bring in the school districts so that the school districts don't create their own siloed technology and their own broadband Wi-Fi. We need to make sure 
that uh, we have it in all parts of this community. We've got to bring in the neighborhood associations. We've got to bring in uh, uh, the, the unions that, that are going to help build this, this infrastructure. So those are, the, those are the issues that I think are, is an important issue at this time. Judge Sakai, you, you talked about um, the impact of, of COVID-19 and the county has, uh, has been allocated $388 million from the federal government through the American Rescue Plan Act. And the county's still in the process of sort of determining what to do with, with that funding. You, know, you talked about broadband as, a, as an important priority for you. But in general, when you look at that, that funding, what are some of the things that you would really like to see the county uh, do with those funds? Well, first of all, it, it goes to the essence of my running and the essence of my platform. It's got to be child-centric and family-focused. It, it, there has to be a tie-in. And so, and, and it kind of touches on that earlier comment about the transparency. I'm not so certain where those monies are going and where the ca- commitment of the county is at, at, as a general uh, philosophy. Uh, I will, obviously, my concern is by the time I become county judge, what, January 1 of 2023, you know, a, a, a lot of those monies may be either spent or designated, uh, but I really want to make sure that we are wisely investing that money. It's a once in a lifetime. We also know that there's additional federal monies coming down with the Build Back, Build Back Better programs that the federal government, the Biden program has with infrastructure. So let's use these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to build. We've got to look at the multimodal transportation issues. We've got to look at road congestion. That's another big issue, especially on the outlying areas. And we've got to make sure that the unincorporated areas, the municipalities, there's 26 municipalities in this county, and I have guaranteed to them, I have talked to them, making sure that they're in the, on the, at the table and that they're involved in any type of uh, decisions that the county needs to make so that it's not just a city of San Antonio uh, dominated type discussion. Yeah, Nelson Wolf, uh, I think, is is known probably better than for anything else for for large projects. And I'm thinking about like the Tobin Center, the Mission Reach, AT&T Center and renovations there. Uh what you know? What are your thoughts on big capital projects like that? And will it be any kind of signature for you as it was for for Judge Wolf? Well, obviously, the big issue, Brian, and or I don't know who I was talking to or has that question. <laughs> that Greg. was Greg. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Uh, uh, basically, the we're mandated. The county's mandated to balance its budget, and so the bottom line is is that you know I think the county prior to COVID had the opportunity to go with big legacy programs, the San Pedro Creek, the Missing Trails, the the Creek programs that are on board. Obviously, those are ongoing programs that need to be finished. And I'm committed to make sure that those, those big legacy type projects are done. I, perhaps, on the other hand, will be more focused on the infrastructure that deal directly with children and families. That's why the broadband Wi-Fi issue to me is going to be a big ticket item that I want to see done. And, uh, and then we've got to deal with the uh, multimodal transportation issues and road congestion. Those are, again, big ticket items that the voters have made clear to me they want to see, they want to see some resolution. So uh, I may not be so big on legacy-type programs that obviously the county had the ability to do at one time. 
we're going to, I'll be honest with you, we're going to have to tighten up the belt, so to speak. We're going to have to watch and be very careful with our tax dollars. Obviously, we've got to protect our seniors with, uh, with the property values and the property tax issues. And so I know that the homestead exemption issue was just passed. In fact, that was a one of my platforms. I put that out and I appreciate the county, Bear County Commissioner's Court adopting that as a, as a means to help our, our property tax owners. And so the problems are going to be tough. And I think what's going to be key is that the voters, the public needs to be involved in any discussion as to where our use of tax dollars go. And so that's what I'm guaranteeing. Openness, transparency, I'm open. I want to listen to everybody. I think if there's any trait skill set that I have that's superior, it's the ability to listen. I've had to do that for 26 years and then make a decision and then articulate that decision so that it can be reviewed for purposes of review by higher courts. And so that's a skill set. And the, the person that did that and I saw do that well and actually transition was Mayor Hardberger. He moved from Chief Justice of the Fourth Court of Appeals, totally not unrelated to the mayorship of San Antonio. And he basically did one heck of a job. And I will use him as an example of what you will see and what you get in Judge Peter Sakai as your next county judge. Judge Sakai, in your view, how important is coordination and working well with city officials to the the post of county judge and do you feel like you're well positioned to work well with say the san antonio city manager and other city officials oh i'm going to be honest with you with eric walsh over there city manager and creating the collaborative commission on domestic violence he was the first person i reached out to and basically it's been i'll be honest with you, it's really been a refreshing change over there it's with the city manager government and he embraced the issues of domestic violence. Uh, the council, obviously, and the mayor are all in on that. And so that's an example. The Collaborative Commission on Domestic Violence ha- has truly been a collaboration. You know, I mean, we can argue whether there should be some consol- legislative city county consolidation. And it's obviously we can keep arguing and it's never happened to this point. So instead of trying to argue over it, let's find the solutions. And the solutions means coming together, unifying, and then working together on these common issues. Uh, Judge Sky, I want to ask you one last question before we uh, wrap things up. You you mentioned earlier the, the issue that we had um, with mail voting. And, and uh, I think a lot of our listeners know that in this recent primary, um, we had nearly 4,000 uh, mail ballots that were rejected in Bayer County, roughly uh, 22%. And it was pretty pretty much down the line between Democrats and Republicans. Uh, I think it was 24% for Democrats, 20% for Republicans. But it, um, And this is in reaction to uh, the stringent new election law passed last year uh, by the Texas legislature. Bayer County and the other 253 counties in the state have to work with this law, they have to deal with this law. Um, and we can't change that for now. But what steps as county judge, or if you were county judge now, what would you like to see the commissioner's court do to try to um, just mitigate this problem, which uh, which was really extreme in this uh, primary? I totally agree. Uh, I had stories of really voter suppression. I, I had voters, I talked to a voter 
who said that his mail-in ballot did not get counted and that he was wanting to know why not and that it was after the election. And I just had to tell him it, that's just, that's the way what happened with this new legislation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it, 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 it was voter suppression. And what the county judge and the county commissioners can do is that they were in charge. They're in charge of the elections department. I have the utmost mm-hmm. respect for Jackie Callanan, but at the same time, I understand she is signaling that she may be ready to move on and perhaps retire. And what we need to do is we need to basically, as a, as a governing body, we need to audit, we need to do a performance review, we need to find out what happened and how we can open up access as best we can with the current legislation. This current legislation is highly restrictive. It is very punitive. It is denying people's right to vote. That is a violation of constitutional rights. And guys, if there's anything I am a fundamentalist on, that is I we cannot allow violation of constitutional rights. That's the reason it goes to my whole essence of my personal story of my father being interned into a uh, internment, internment camp as a young kid during World War mm-hmm. II because he was mm-hmm. Japanese-American. Mm-hmm. And that is a story that I will always make sure that this community understands. We cannot ever let violations of constitutional rights pervade. And, and that's, that's, that's where we're at. And that's why this is a difficult situation. But the solutions, I believe, at this time are at the local level. I have no confidence right now that any solutions are going to come out of Austin. Maybe not even out of Washington, D.C., even though I think our federal government needs to intervene and hopefully try to straighten some of these uh, issues out with court litigation. But, you know, that that's a whole different topic, a whole different issue. But the bottom line is we've got to find solutions. And that's my strength. My strength is to find the solutions by bringing people together, bringing the experts in the room, bringing the science in the room, so to speak, and making sure that everybody who's involved is given a seat at the table and that we listen. We listen. And I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of elected officials and politicians don't do well anymore. And that's my promise to the voters that I will and give them dignity and respect. And County Commissioner Justin Rodriguez has talked about kind of trying to create a public awareness campaign to try to help at least make sure that voters understand some of these rules as far as what ID numbers are supposed to be on the envelope and and how things are supposed to match. Uh, would you support just the, the 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 general idea that that public awareness efforts can maybe help with this with this problem? By all means, and I, what we need to do is we need to include the, the neighborhood associations. We need to include the nonprofit communities that are involved. We need to uh, include the political parties. The political parties mm-hmm. have a duty right. to make sure that the voters. And so, you know what? What we need to do is we need to come together and we need to discuss it. And we need to discuss it with civility and dignity so that we're not yelling and screaming and blaming. That just doesn't fix anything. And so, you know what, it's sometimes you'd see commissioner's court arguing over a boat. That doesn't resolve anything. What we need to do is we need to come up with solutions. And that's one thing the voters have made very clear to me. Judge, get in there and find the solutions that we need to make our community a, a well community, a healthy community, and that we have a vision for our future for our children and families. And that's my commitment to the voters. Well, I think on that note, we'll wrap things up. Uh, Judge Peter Sakai, thank you so much for joining the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Well, and for everyone out there listening, I hope you're doing well. Take care, and we'll be back with you next week.